Chapter 70 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 70 what the newspaper said of the riot. At this date, being several years since Dr. Juno was imprisoned for publishing a reported obscene book, when he was universally libeled by the newspapers, three or four new papers have been in successful operations, which were started upon the principles of the working men's platform, and Dr. Juno's plans were all approved and promulgated by these reformatory organs. In fact, Dr. Juno edited the leading one himself for several years. The Oracle was the oldest of the advertising sheet, which was purchased by a moneyed clique, and was conducted by a hypocritical saphead, who was, with all his little heart and contemptible soul, in league with the sectarian and lucre-grubbing people. And, of course, as this Oracle was looked up to by all the dastardly picayune papers of their sort, they followed in the steps of their lofty oracle. The following articles appeared in the various daily papers of Philadelphia, after the arrest of the conspirators by Dr. Juno, which the sectarian press entitled a riot, whilst the advocates of the naturalists called it by more exalted names, as will be seen. Editorial from the Oracle An Infamous Riot Dr. Juno the ringleader, ten killed and six wounded. Night before last, one of the most infamous and dastardly riots took place at Tabernacle Hall that was ever recorded in the annals of history. Never until such lectures and such books as his were thrust into the faces of all who were bad enough to hear and read this ignorant charlatan's harangues and obscene publications was Philadelphia disgraced by such crimes as midnight mobs and cutthroat riots? And not until the mayor and his detectives will summarily arrest this dangerous culprit and the honorable court convict him for murder and the sundry other acts that he has been guilty of, will the peace of citizens and safety of life be vouchsafed to the Christian community. It is fully twelve years since we refused him any access to the advertising columns of the Oracle. During all that time he has been going on in his infamous course. And now we hope and pray that the authorities and religious community will attend to him and his deluded followers without compunction of conscience. Editorial from The Evening Moon Note. This murder-reporting little sheet is the tiny cur that swallows the bark of the oracle and rebarks the latter's sentiments aping after its godfather in everything. Dr. Victor Juno has again shown himself in a new, infamous phase of criminal action. This bold bad man will never have his just dues until the gallows ends his demoniacal life. Night before last, he and a lot of his deluded comrades armed themselves and went to Tabernacle Hall, and there, not only disturbed the inoffensive meditations of our best class of Christians, but actually killed ten and wounded six. Besides, arrested our noble deacon Rob Stew, Reverend Joe Peer, 
Miss Nancy Clover, Dr. Toy Pansy, and the physician-in-chief of the insane asylum, upon a charge of conspiracy. Conspiracy of what we cannot solve. But when the trial comes off, if it ever will, we shall see where the shoe pinches. Will the authorities forthwith arrest this infamous doctor and reverend gentleman and his chums in riot and murder? Or will he again be allowed to go scot-free, or be pardoned by our generous governor? We will see and report. Editorial from The Evening Telltale Note. Of all the contemptible and dastardly cutthroat liars and hypocrites, the white-eyelashed editor of this sectarian knuckling sheet beats it. He is one of Jesus Christ's genuine vipers. An Old Offender in the Field Again Victor Juno, not content with the just conviction and imprisonment he received several years ago, has made riot and bloodshed his present game, and that upon our most respectable, inoffensive religious people. The other night, as sacred worship was held in Tabernacle Hall, Juno and his co-conspirators in crime went to the hall, broke the doors open, and killed ten and wounded six Christians. Now, unless our present governor interferes and pardons Juno, as his friend Governor Golden did on a former occasion, it is likely the penitentiary or gallows will closely embrace him for the infamous and cold-blooded riot and murder of innocent people. When Juno was convicted and sentenced to the penitentiary, it was sincerely hoped by the decent part of this community that he would be kept securely under lock and key for as long a period as the law allowed. For a number of years past he has been an unmitigated nuisance in this city, and he should have been suppressed long ago. We hope and pray, for the peace, comfort, and safety of our religious classes, that he will be speedily convicted and put where the law finds he belongs. We proffer our services free for its consummation. Editorial from The Morning Workman Note. This is a new journal of large circulation and influence amongst the bone and sinew of the state. The ball started to roll. The bloody conspirators ousted and arrested. Our valiant and heroic fellow-townsman, Dr. Victor Juno, did last night what he long since ought to have done. He equipped his regiment of picked soldiers and marched direct for the old haunt of the bloody conspirators. As he marched his men into the hall, himself at the head, the irate and brazen-faced saintly Nancy Clover ordered the bloody hounds to repair to their armory for weapons, a third-story room, where these Christian lambs keep a finely equipped outfit of military trappings, and she ordered them to shoot down Dr. Juno and his soldiers, which, of course, caused a furious fight, that wound up killing ten and wounding six conspirators, whilst only two or three of Dr. Juno's men were slightly bruised. The leaders of this bloody clique were very pugnacious, and would not promise to desist from their heinous work when the doctor had them arrested for conspiracy. But before he sent for a magistrate, they unanimously agreed to be paroled. This was granted to all of them, but the leaders were bound over in ten thousand dollars to appear at court. Thus bad begins, and much worse remains behind. The Oracle and his satellites, 
in malicious falsifying, will swell their saintly columns with praise for their pious people, and holy invective is in store for our heroic leader, Dr. Juno. We confidentially whisper a word of caution to our deluded contemporaries, as we have often done before, for we pity these misled zealots. The hour is close at hand when their lucre, sectarian, and political power must yield to the sword of the working people, who are rapidly being indoctrinated into the work of bona fide popular sovereignty. Long prayers, either to God or man, will avail them nothing. But they have been exhorted and reminded often and long enough to heed the voice of wisdom, which fell upon their self-righteous ears with contempt. Therefore mercy cannot be exercised until the last foe expires. Mark our admonition, haughty vipers, your hour is drawing nigh. Therefore repent while it is to-day, and take the consequences. Dr. Juno, who has suffered the most barbarous martyrdom at the hands of these self-styled elect, is not a man to be trifled with at this eleventh hour of the downfall of the blasphemers. They ought to know him by this time, and they also should know that the people have looked on patiently for many years, and are heartily tired of these canonical usurpations and corrupt administrations in church and state. The era of the new radical, scientific departure is rife, and the trumpet may sound any day. Editorial from The Evening Communist The hour of retributive justice has come. Dr. Juno made a raid upon the vilest set of cutthroats last night that ever disgraced a decent nation. We can fairly worship the wise, the brave, the genuine Christian man, who has labored with indomitable energy for the cause of God and humanity for a quarter of a century, and who, in his hour of prosperity, can forego the pleasures of a life of affluence to do justice to his poorer fellow-creatures. The malignity that the editors of the would-be public press of Philadelphia have heaped upon this genuine reformer for many years will now have an opportunity to see the beginning of the end of their nefarious usurpation and malicious lying. They have duped the people for many years by making them believe that Dr. Juno was the scoundrel which they said he was. But, thank God, Dr. Juno persevered in the right until he has convinced seven-eighths of the entire community of the righteousness of his cause, and the course he has pursued during his entire public and private life. We prophesy that these domineering saints, who love money, self, and position, more than truth, principle, or God, will soon have cause to open their deceived eyes when they find the feelings of the masses of the people that they have engendered by trying to misrepresent this benefactor. Lay on, Macduff, and damned be he who first cries hold enough. And let all of them know the deep-dyed rascality that has for centuries been practiced against the Christian rights of the people. Look out, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, for a just providence exercises vengeance through his instruments, the faithful people, on you. Wait a little while longer, and see. Editorial from Dr. Juno's Weekly We have had occasion to silence the bloody conclave at last, and we counsel repentance and return to God and nature, or a doomed existence for those who persist in the error of their ways. 
we pity the misled and haughty people, but duty calls for terrible work. End of chapter 70